This podcast is for professional voice teachers to answer the question, how do I grow my teaching business and even break out of that one-on-one lesson model so that I can reach and teach who I want whenever I want. I'm your host, Allie Tyler, voice teacher of over a decade and marketing and business coach for fellow voice teachers. Welcome to the Voicepreneur Podcast. Hey, 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 voice teacher. Welcome to another episode of the Voicepreneur Podcast. Thank you so much, as always, for spending your time with me. I am so excited about today's episode. It is another rapid fire Q&A. And what does that mean? It essentially just means that we're going to be answering a few questions that you have regarding your voice teaching business. This is such a great opportunity for you to get any of your questions answered if you have questions about business and online marketing and how to grow this thing because holy guacamole, there are a lot of things that come up. Trust me, I totally understand. And that's what I am here for, my friends. Every month or roughly every month, maybe a little bit longer sometimes, maybe a little bit less, we kind of roll with it. But we really want to give you an opportunity to submit your questions and get them answered on the show. And so the best way to do this is to answer a few questions at a time inside of one episode. And this episode, I really, really feel like is going to apply to so many voice teachers. I know that so many of us are struggling with these things, and I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. So let's kick it off with the very first question. This question asks, and you know what? It's a general question. It comes from a lot of people. I was going to say it's going to be this one particular person, but it's not. It's so many voice teachers want to talk about this. So this question, this question asks, do you have any advice for how to transition out of a music teaching company and into doing your own thing? Oh, yes, I do. I have so much advice and so much experience in this. And I first want to say that if you are in this boat, you maybe are employed through a music teaching company, or maybe it's a music school, right? Maybe it's university, maybe it's an actual, you know, public school, whatever it is, or however it is that you are employed teaching music that is not your own thing. Oftentimes, there will come a point where you will feel a little bit of resentment working at that particular place. And hey, let's be real about it. It has nothing to do with the students. You probably love your students. Maybe you love your boss and maybe you love the whole experience, but you've just outgrown it. That is okay. And I want to first just give you a big hug and give you permission to say that that is okay because a lot of times people will justify their actions. Oh, well, you know, I I don't want to leave like really because it does give me a, a good chunk of money and I do really like the people there. And right, we start justifying like, ah, do I really want to be doing this? No, it's okay. You can do this. You can do this and give yourself permission to just Be all right with the fact that you are going to do this and that this transition is going to be a little bit messy. (laughs) And that is okay. No transition is ever easy, ever in life. Like if we go back to every single aspect of life that we have ever experienced, a big change, any type of change, I guarantee you that it was not easy. There was some aspect in it that was difficult. Now, I'm not saying that this is just going to be a difficult thing. But what I am saying is to mentally prepare yourself for the fact that this is going to be a little bit messy. It could be a little bit sloppy. It could be a little bit challenging. And that is okay. So let's first start with that, recognizing that 
this is what you're going to do. <laughs> this is what you're going to do. You've committed to it. It's going to be a little weird and messy and awkward. You may piss off some people, right? You may piss off some people. I know that when I transitioned out from the music teaching company that I worked for, and I ended up going actually a different route and I worked for another teaching company that was later down the road. I didn't fully make that brave decision yet to go on my own just yet. When I left that first company, oh man, that was like, the most dramatic exit of my life. It was not pretty. It really wasn't. It brings up a lot in me when I think about it because it was just so emotional for everybody and it didn't need to be. And really what ended up happening, and I'm sure you can relate to this, is that the students that I was teaching didn't want to stay at that company anymore if I wasn't going to be working there. And so they wanted to leave with me. And that caused a lot of problems. Now, it caused a lot of problems because... Really, when it came down to it, my boss was just butthurt, right? <laughs> he was just butthurt that some of his clients were disappearing because their teacher was leaving. It ha really had nothing to do with me doing anything wrong. I didn't, you know, go after them and tell them, you're going to leave the company and come be with me. And that's really important to know because this is something that I hear a lot from voice teachers. Well, I signed a contract. I signed a contract. So I can't legally take these students. No, you cannot. That is correct. However, your students, they can do what they want. That parent, they can do what they want. They didn't sign any contract. So that is really important to know if you are transitioning and you are worried about taking, not taking students, how that whole transition is going to happen. Of course, you definitely want to like, you know, read the fine print in this contract and <laughs> make sure you're really not doing anything that you're not supposed to. But I don't know. I'm just going to go out and say that nine times out of 10, you're not doing anything wrong. And the student has just bonded with you and they want to continue that relationship with you and they have the right to do that. And that is their decision. So I don't want you to feel guilty about that. <laughs> I kind of went on a tangent there, but I felt like it was really important. Here is how you really can best prepare for this transition. So yes, you know it's going to be sloppy. It's going to be a little bit awkward. You may piss off some people. It may be dramatic. Check your contract, all of that stuff. You just want to plan. You just want to make sure that you have a solid plan. And what I mean by this is you need to have your oh shit plan. <laughs> you need to have that worst, 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 worst case scenario plan. And this is for everything with business. This is any time that you take a risk. Anytime that you take a risk with your business, you are, you know, investing in something or you're up leveling or you're transitioning, right? You are doing the thing that is challenging, that is hard, that you know that you have to do. You just want to make sure that you have a backup plan because this is actually how you calm down your nervous system. Your nervous system is going to go into freak out mode. And when your nervous system goes into freak out mode, it gets into a scarcity mindset. It starts getting really fixated on numbers. Oh my God, I need to hit this number at this time and I got to do this, this and that. And it gets freaky deaky. And trust me, you are not going to feel very abundant in that energy state. So in order to not put us into a panic attack when we are making these big moves, we want to actually just have some real thoughtful time about this and think about, all right, what is the worst case scenario? I need to plan for the worst. 
Every business owner needs to plan for the worst. Every time that my husband and I sit down and we think about investments that we're going to make for real estate, because he's a real estate investor, and this is something we are constantly doing and thinking about, we always have to think about what is the worst case scenario? What could happen? And that is so important. The other thing that's really important to have is realistic expectations about the fact that you are on a journey and you're not going to get to the destination like that, you know, especially if you are starting your own private studio or you're up-leveling this new shape of your business in some way, that is something that takes time and that's wonderful. You're going to learn so much in that time and that process. I'm not saying it's going to take a million years, but what I am saying is to be realistic about the fact that I am in the transition. It's going to be a little wobbly. I will get to the other side and then that's going to be a little wobbly maybe for a little bit and it's only going to get better from there. It's only going to get better from there. So the best thing you can do is have a long game vision, commit to it, know that you are doing the right thing. And I am so proud of you. Truly. I'm really proud of you. It's a big decision and you are not going to regret it when you get to the other side. Question number two, this is a really fun one. This question asks, why did you choose the membership route for your online course, your program? And does it ever stress you out? <laughs> I'm nervous to take that leap because it feels like such a big commitment. Woo! Yes. Have you ever felt this before? Have you felt like, oh my God, I am not going to do a membership because that is like so much of a commitment. That sounds like way too much work. I'd rather just make the course and then be done with it. I am raising my hand right now because this was me and I totally understand. And truthfully, I actually ended up doing both routes. I have online courses and I have a membership. That's a separate story. So I just wanted to give you a frame of reference that I didn't start with a membership. I did start with an online course. I went to a membership model later. This is important because I think it's important to kind of get in the groove of how to make a program. The first program I ever made, that course, oh my gosh, it is just something I, I'm not like super jazzed about selling. I still do sell it for sure, but you know, it, it was the first time I ever created anything. So I definitely would do a little bit better if I were doing it now. And that's okay. I'm not saying that you can't create a membership as your very first thing. But what I am saying is that it does help to have a little bit of experience under your belt. Here is what helped me make the decision about doing a membership. That was the first thing. I had experience, so I felt a little bit more comfortable with it. The other thing is that the membership model is so much easier than we think. It is so much easier than we think. Trust me, I've been doing it for two years and I, I just can't believe this is my life. I legitimately cannot believe that right now in my life, I have three voice students. I have, I don't know, a handful of voice teacher clients, maybe five, seven that I'm seeing every other week. I'm not even seeing them weekly. So let's just say 10 for, for number's sake. I have 10 clients that I am seeing every other week and every day my business continues to grow. I'm not working anymore. In fact, I'm working less. I'm working less than I ever have. Now, I'm going to tell you why. Because what I did with this membership model, and this is why it didn't stress me out and why I hope that it doesn't stress you out, is that I really just started small. And when you start small, you think about it as 
content categories, as content topics even. And all you're doing is you're putting a schedule around these content topics. The membership model is just you focusing on something for a certain period of time with everybody doing it together. So content wise, it's really not super stressful. If anything, it's actually like, it's really nice that it's spread out. I really prefer to have it spread out. I mean, I've done the course thing too, where it's like you do the whole thing, you're recording all the content and it's a big, huge project and then you're done and it feels great. That's wonderful. And we can talk about that in another episode, but I like being in this flow where I'm kind of doing it all the time, but I'm not doing very much of it all the time. So in my world, the content that I am making every month is one bonus training. That's it. And I do it on whatever they want, whatever I want. It's a bonus. So there's no, there, it's whatever, right? It could be a masterclass. It could be a guest expert. It could be me talking about, you know, a certain topic that I missed inside of the core content of the program. It could be whatever I want it to be. So that's really nice and freeing and fun as a creative generator person. The other thing that I love about memberships is the community. It's all about the community. It is so awesome. And I know that that can scare some people and that's okay. If you are not a community person, then maybe the membership model is not your thing and that's fine. But if you enjoy when people come together, you enjoy making music together, or you enjoy that sense of belongingness, if you feel like that sparks something in you, membership model is so, it's just the, it is the way, it is the way. There's, there's no other way to do it. And what I love most about the community aspect is that that is what keeps you going. Your community members breathe life into your membership. When you get on those calls with them and they are real human beings and they're talking to you about how they are actually integrating the work that you are teaching them, oh my gosh, it is like, it's the highest of all the highs. If you're a teacher, you would just love it. This is what we already do. We are teachers after all. So I hope that that helps you feel a little bit more ease with the membership idea. I'm telling you, it is so much easier than you think. You really just have to be organized. That's it. You just have to be organized. And if you can't get yourself organized, then hire a VA and get them to get you to be organized. Okay. So that's all it takes. You just have to be organized. You got to stay on your game and you just got to be there for your community. And I'm telling you, it is a lot of fun and holy cow, is it scalable. So scalable. Oh, I could talk about memberships all day long, but we're going to move on to question number three. <laughs> and this is actually the last question because these are such beefy questions that I wanted to make sure I took a little bit more time with each of them. So here it is. This is the third beefy question. And I feel like a lot of you are going to resonate with this one. I'm really struggling with picking one problem that I solve because I have multiple audiences. How do you recommend I go about this? Oh, man. Yes, I feel this. You have multiple ideal students, and that can mean a lot of things. I've heard so many different things. I've heard, you know, I teach students who have special needs, and then I teach serious singers, and then I teach yoga, and then I teach voice lessons. So that's actually some place to start, too, is that you can have different ideal students as much as you can have different routes that you are actually teaching, right? This is the question that you're going to be asking yourself all the 
time. Is there a blend or are they very distinct things? So, for example, in my world, when it came to voice students and voice teachers, that was pretty distinctly different. (laughs) I was talking to totally different audiences and that's when I realized, oh, I got to start another Instagram and I got to do that whole thing. And this is where this all came from, right? However, if I am just focusing on my voice teaching and I'm thinking about how I teach voice lessons and the types of students I have and the types of things that I am teaching, I remember a very distinct time in my teaching career where I was so into breath work. I was practicing it all the time in my personal life. I was really practicing kundalini yoga and I just thought breathwork was the coolest thing ever and I still do. And I don't practice it as much, but I should. And this is my reminder for myself to do that. Breathwork is wonderful. And I got so into it and I got so into how it was making me feel as a person. I thought, oh my God, I just want to bring this to my voice students. I feel like they could really benefit from this, right? Especially breathing as a singer, like breath work, singing feels like they go together. Yeah. So I really didn't know what that meant. I got so confused with my branding and I know that that is where everybody goes. They go, right. How do I make a brand out of this? How do I make a website? How do I make an Instagram, right? That's what we always think is how. It's the first thing that we think. So that was the same thing that I did too is how. How do I even do this? I don't know how to do this. So I went to my students and I tried out a few things with them regarding breath work in the studio and just meditation and yogic kind of stretching and just really was just experimenting. I had no idea. And what ended up happening for me was I decided that they were actually separate things. I had to just try it to see if I could blend them together. And I'm really talking to those of you who do have multiple modalities that you're working with. So maybe you're a yoga teacher or maybe you have, you know, certifications in meditation or wellness or body work or Alexander technique or any of that stuff, right? You have something else that is not just voice teaching and you're trying to figure out, should I blend it into my studio? So My biggest advice for that is to just try it. (laughs) Just try it with your students and see how it goes. Maybe they love it. Maybe they hate it. Maybe you love it. Maybe you hate it, but you never know until you try. Don't worry about the branding yet. Don't worry about any of that stuff yet. This is all about you experimenting. Now, if you have two different audiences and you are just seeing that they are totally separate, they are like, like with me, right? The voice teachers and the voice students, they just were not similar at all. Then you get to make the empowered decision on what you're going to focus on first. And I know that everybody hates it when I say that. We all just want to do it all. <laughs> we all just want to do it all. Trust me, I understand. I am just like you. And in my experience, trying to do it all for so many years. I don't know. It's just one of those things where it varies person to person. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you can't do it all. But what I am saying is if you actually want to see real results in your business, you need to focus on one. Just for a little bit. Just for a little bit. You don't have to do it for very long, okay? You have to just tell your brain, I am not abandoning you, part of you, student, person. I'm not abandoning you. I am just focusing on something different right now. (laughs) Just right now, okay? 
and it's okay. You can do it. And it's going to be so much easier for you when you just decide that you're going to do that. Because then you can create a mission statement. Then you can create a brand. Then you can create content. Then you can create an offer. Then you can create money and abundance and a business that actually supports the other thing that you want to do. And this is something that I'm going to leave you with because this is something I think about a lot with me and my businesses because I do have multiple businesses here. I have my voice teaching business. I have my marketing and business coaching. And I'm a singer-songwriter. And that part of me, the part of me that actually sings and is a good singer and loves to perform and write music has been a little quiet over the last couple of years, but very intentionally quiet, very intentionally waiting. Knock on wood, I don't die. And if I do, (laughs) that's okay. I had a great life, but willing to wait a little bit because the things that I am focusing on right now are going to support that part of me. I can go out and record an album and go on tour if I have a business that is freaking rocking it, right? So I just... I don't know who needed to hear that. Maybe you didn't and that's okay, but we have to think about these things. Like what is actually going to support my ideal life? And it doesn't mean that you are abandoning it when you say, you know what? I got to put you on pause for a hot sec because I love you that much. I love you so much that I need to focus on this other thing because this is the thing that is going to enable you, right? So just know that you are not doing anything wrong by focusing on one thing. You are still a creative, wonderful human. And, and when I say one thing, I mean one person, one mission, one business. You, you know what I'm talking about, right? I hope that this is still answering the question <laughs> and that I didn't just totally derail in another direction. I don't think I did, but this is my advice for you. I hope that that makes sense and I hope that it is helpful for you. And you got this. You so got this. And if you need any support, we over here at The Voicepreneur are such an incredible community of voice teachers all over the world. We are all on a mission to do voice lessons differently. And man, it is such an awesome, awesome group of teachers. So come and join us inside of The Voicepreneur program. You're going to get the community and the course and the coaching from me. And it's just all in one package. It is so awesome and it is undeniably going to get you results if you put in the work. I love you and I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day. I hope that this episode was enjoyable for you and if it was, be sure to go and rate and review it over on Apple Podcasts. Go check out all the resources that we have inside of the show notes and I will catch you in the next episode. Bang 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 b